Welcome to Freed Up. This is the podcast space where life feels lighter. You know, sometimes life can have us feeling worn out and weighed down, locked up and left out, or just simply looking for more. And if that sounds like you, then you are in the right place. You can live freed up and not fed up. Well, as we continue this journey, talking about trauma and looking at our year of release, I want to remind you that so much of what we experience often makes us feel unloved and unworthy. So today I'm excited to bring to you this episode. It's the love for me and I hope it is for you. Remember, we are releasing and we also are receiving. Today, I want you to receive God's love for wherever you are and whatever you're dealing with. Stay tuned. You got to hear this. The first time I saw the movie The Notebook, not only did I become a Ryan Gosling fan for life, but I thought, now this is how love is supposed to look. I mean, the love between Allie and Noah in that movie just seemed to transcend time and distance, life transitions, scheme and family members, differences in their socioeconomic levels, and ultimately, it was a love that even transcended a debilitating illness and both of their deaths. And who could forget about the love story in the Titanic? It was so sweet. And not only was that a love story classic, but it is still one of the top 10 highest grossing movies of all time. And I can't help but think about the love story in The Beauty and the Beast and King Kong. Now that's some real love when you can look at a beast or a gorilla and find a love connection. But hey, who am I to judge? But whether it's a movie or a good book or a real life experience, love stories just give us the fuzzies. They make us feel lighthearted, drawn in and connected. You know, it's the kind of feeling you get when a close friend or family member tells you about their wedding engagement. You know we wanna know all the details girl, what did he say? And then what did you do after that? Well, where were you? Did you cry? And of course, we want to see that ring too, right? But mostly, we're drawn to the story of the love. How did it start? How is it developing? And most importantly, how is it going to continue? Yeah, there is nothing like a great love story. And that's why I love the Bible. I believe that the Bible is the greatest love story of all time. Yes, the entire Bible is really a continuous love story between God and his creation. You see, experiencing love, giving and receiving love was and still is God's idea. As a matter of fact, God is love. Love was here before the beginning of time, and it's going to last throughout eternity. Love started with him and it flows from him. When I really started studying the Bible some years ago, I was, of course, so drawn to it and desperately wanted to understand it. Yet I often struggled to grasp what the Bible was really all about. This book that has so many parts to it, it seemed kind of antiquated at times, hard to read, had a lot of weird names and a bunch of wars. 
I read a lot of content about things that had already happened, obviously, and things that are still to come that just seemed flat out confusing to me. So incidentally, if that is where you are in your reading of the Bible and your study of the word, trust me, you are not alone. I do want to encourage you, though, just to keep reading, because with the help of the Holy Spirit and over time with some good study resources and some great Bible teaching, your understanding will grow more and more. And most importantly, so is your love for God. I can personally testify to that. However, if you lift up a bit, you'll see the bigger picture of the Bible emerge because the Bible is a compilation of life events that make up this beautiful, incomparable love story. What's true in many love stories is often that things start off well and then something happens that damages trust, creates some wounds, breaks hearts and causes separation. And of course, the hope for every love story is that no matter what has happened, love will be restored and that it will last forever. Well, this is true of the love story of the Bible. So let me explain by starting at the beginning. You've probably read the details of this in Genesis chapter two and three in your Bibles. And if you haven't, I encourage you to take some time to do so. God demonstrated his love in some pretty amazing and significant ways. First, he started by creating a man and a woman called Adam and Eve in his image, an image of love, his very own reflection and likeness, his design, his masterpieces. And he did so for a pure and perfect love relationship with them. He intended them to have that with each other as well. It was a covenant love relationship. This means that both God and his human creation were in this relationship with the promise and a commitment to one another. Which brings me to the second amazing thing that God did. He gave them everything they ever needed. He was their source, their creator, their sustainer, provider, and protector. They had a home in a beautiful garden of paradise, and they had unlimited access to him. It was a glorious life. They didn't lack anything because he was their everything. And in turn, Their part of the covenant was to simply trust God, stay true to him, obey him, and live out his perfect plan for their lives. And the third thing that God did that was so important is he gave them some boundaries. You see, no loving relationship, no safe, caring relationship is without limits or boundaries. They are the ultimate display of respect and care and protection. Think about it like this. You wouldn't want to be in a relationship where the other person could do whatever they wanted, however they wanted, whenever they wanted. And so God modeled his love through his creation and his provision, and he gave them one boundary. They could live freely, except this one part was off limits to them, and it was for their good. His love provided them the very best. They had it made. And then something happened in this love story that caused things to change. And they changed big. Sin entered the picture. Adam and Eve gave in to temptation and they chose to disregard the one limit, that one boundary that God gave them. Sin is when we miss the mark of God's standard. 
Sin caused God's created ones to stray from his safety, to doubt him and his love, to mistrust his word. Their sin created a breach, this chasm between them and God. They broke the covenant and they damaged the perfect love relationship that they had with God and with each other. The sin consequences were so enormous and life altering. Sin is a serious thing. It produced a generational curse on humankind and on human love. They no longer had this perfect nature because it was tainted by their sin. And that nature became the nature of the entire human race that followed. And the consequences didn't stop there. They immediately struggled with their guilt, shame, fear, and regret. They hid from God and they passed around blame for the mess that they were in. To top it off, God had to deal with their disobedience. Their lives were forever changed. They were no longer freed up. Their sin had blocked them from the full freedom that God intended them to have in their lives. Because we inherited this sin nature and because of the consequential effects of the totality of sin in this world, we also experience struggles in our relationship with God and with each other and even with ourselves. We are continually trying to break free from feelings of guilt, and shame, fear, regret, worry, and confusion. This leads to other spiritual and emotional challenges. We experience times where we feel lonely, we're in conflict with others, we're oppressed and depressed, living in the midst of injustices, living anxious and fearful, overwhelmed with heartbreak and loss. We suffer at the expense of others' lack of care and abuse. We fight temptations and addictions, and we wade through seasons of emptiness. This is why we need to be freed up. But there is hope in this love story. And here's why the Bible is the best love story ever. God went to incredible and unfathomable lengths to bring us back into a reconciled and restored relationship with him and to give hope and healing to all that we would suffer as a result of living in this broken and fractured world. So while the events of the Bible unfold through the Old Testament and New Testament, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, yes, weird names and all, (laughs) it's all been divinely inspired and recorded to unfold God's ultimate plan to bring us back into that perfect love relationship with him through his son, Jesus. He did what no one else would or could ever do. He sacrificed his one and only son to ensure that we could bridge that deep, long and wide chasm of separation from him that was caused by sin. The restoration plan can be summed up in this one scripture that's found in Romans chapter five, verse eight. And it says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were sinners. See, God saw us at our worst. And yet he still gave us his best. That's what love looks like. It's a perfect love story. What's so beautiful about this is that you and I are a part of it. God has gone all out for us to bring us into this reconciled relationship with himself because he loves us that much. 
And here's why all of this matters. Until we settle our love relationship with God, we're going to continue to work at being freed up in ways that are not sustainable nor satisfying because nothing and no one else can ever fill the love space that God designed just for himself. So what holds us back from receiving this perfect love from God? I believe there are two main things that get in our way. And one of those is our beliefs about who God is. See, God and his love are often viewed through this flawed humanistic perspective. He's often characterized by misperceptions from distorted opinions and limited understandings, as well as imperfect representations. Unfortunately, God's love is not always displayed in a convincing way through people who claim to know him. Jesus said that the world would know that we are Christians by the love that we have for each other. And sometimes I just want God to speak up somehow and remove the stigma from his name and just resoundingly assure that people know that his love for them is amazing. And then I realized that God has already done that. We just have to believe him. God is righteous and he's just. He doesn't cause evil. As a matter of fact, if his Holy Spirit was not present in this world, we would completely be destroyed by all the corruption and crazy wicked stuff that goes on every day. God is who he says he is. We often try to explain him through our limited ability to understand him. And if God could be figured out, then he wouldn't be God. So we can only know his love if we choose to believe him and know him in the truth of who he says he is and has shown himself to be. The second thing that gets in the way of our receiving God's love is our beliefs about who we are. See, all of us have experienced imperfect love in our lives, in our present and our past relationships. How we view ourselves and life in general has largely been shaped by our earliest experiences. Maybe you didn't feel loved and nurtured growing up, or you felt like you had to perform or compete for love in your home. And now you're trying to win approval to feel loved by others. Or maybe you didn't know one or both of your parents and you still have a deep wound from being without a mother or not knowing your father. And you're trying to fill that void in some meaningful way. Maybe your childhood was more like a horror story instead of a love story. And now love is confusing to you and trust in someone else seems like a monumental feat for you. Past and present relationships of imperfect love, they can take their toll on us. No wonder so many mental health issues are rooted in not being loved or feeling loved. So if we're honest, maybe we really don't feel worthy of such an amazing love like God's love. And yet God's love is designed just for us. Let me tell you a little bit about God's love. God's love is pure. It's holy. It's never been tainted. It cannot do wrong. And its goal is always for our best and our highest good. That's agape love. It never makes a mistake, nor does it ever question what to give or how to display love. It's full of wisdom. God's love is unconditional. It cannot be earned and it cannot be lost. God's love extends to those who love him and those who don't. You know, even when Adam and Eve wandered from God, 
His love never wavered for them. And that's true of us today. Nothing we could ever do or say or experience changes the nature, the level, or the intensity of God's love for us. We simply cannot make him stop loving us. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39 remind us of this. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Not death, not life, not angels, not ruling spirits, nothing now, nothing in the future, no powers, nothing above us, nothing below us, nothing in the whole created world will ever be able to separate us from the love that God has for us. God's love also has no limits and no end. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18, the Apostle Paul prayed this prayer for us that we would have the power to understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep God's love is. Yes, God's love is a mystery, but it keeps drawing us in to know more. The more we draw in, the more we know. And God's love cannot be measured for as high as the heavens are above the earth. So great is God's love for you and for me. Life is going to continue to happen. In this world, we will have trouble. Jesus didn't mince words when he spoke this to his disciples. And those words are true to us today. Life is going to continue to offer us that roller coaster ride. It will take us up and it will bring us down. And when we have those downs, we can land in the lap of God's perfect love. We haven't been promised a perfect life, but we have been promised a perfect love. That's why we can be encouraged in all of this, because that love has overcome this world. And my hope today is that if you haven't experienced the best kind of love from others, that you'll open up yourself to receive God's perfect love. Receive it? Yes, because it's a choice. First, you have to believe that God's love is for you and it is all that he says it is. And then believing will allow you to receive his love. And when you receive that love and live in his love, you will begin to see your life open up in ways you've never known. You will see yourself becoming freed up. God's love is the richest resource on the face of this earth. So discover it, pursue it. Lavish yourself in it. It is the best foundational healing and treatment plan you could ever have for your journey toward freedom. See, God's love will free you from fear because perfect love casts out fear. God's love will help you move beyond your mistakes, your bad choices and your failures because his love covers a multitude of sins. God's love will heal you because he is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those that are crushed in spirit. God's love will keep drawing you closer because he loves you with an everlasting love and he draws you with his loving kindness. Now listen very intently to this truth. You are precious in God's sight. He adores you. He made you so that he could love you and you could love him. God's love is the setup for our being freed up. And it doesn't stop there. 
When you have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus, you can experience perfect love eternally. Over the next several days, I encourage you to think about what might be getting in the way of you fully receiving God's love in your life. Take some time to identify and process through any beliefs and thoughts that you've held on to for so long that make you believe that you're not good enough for God's love. What do you believe about God? What do you believe about his love? What do you know now about him that is different than what you thought? How will you take your next step in receiving his perfect love? And as you think about these things and process them, remember to record these reflections in your journal and think about what your next steps might be. For someone listening, that next step may start with being reconciled back into a relationship with God through his son, Jesus. And for others, the next for you in receiving God's love may involve some small incremental steps that lead to more trust in the love that he has for you. But wherever you are in the process, you can be assured that God's love is right there with you. Don't forget that. And so thanks again for listening today. I hope you remember that you're being set up to be freed up all through God's love. Listen, understanding and receiving God's love is a lifelong journey, just like getting freed up. I hope that wherever you are on your path, that you could be a little lighter today, knowing that God loves you and adores you beyond your wildest imagination. Well, listen, if you wanted to get more information about being reconciled back to God, please go to our episode number three of this podcast to learn how to do exactly that. And I'm excited for our next few episodes where we're going to talk more about the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study, which we call ACE for short. I'm looking forward to sharing with you to talk a little bit more about that study and what that means. And remember, you do not walk this path alone. I am walking right alongside you, along with the rest of the Freed Up family. God loves you. I love you. And make sure you take care of you.